Tonight we got a very special episode with some very special guests. I'm going to get to that in just a second. Our usual intro, I'll be bringing it in a few seconds. But first, Sean and I wanted to explain a couple things to you about the podcast. We're kind of going through a little switch over right now. Our old host, Shout Engine, up and closed. And we out had of nowhere. To, yeah, out of nowhere. So we had to quick migrate everything over and a lot didn't migrate yet. So I have to migrate the podcast one by one. So you guys that have subscribed, you'll probably see some older episodes filtering here and there. Right. Well, and like, I know if you look on our Spotify and I think even on maybe the anchor site and some other sites, uh, if you know, and even like Apple, I think the, the first episode is the ETU review. Mm-hmm. Um, like the unexpected review obviously you know we've done a lot more episodes than that but when we like you said when we switched over all the older episodes before that etu episode just vanished so right, right. um but like you said you're working on uh uploading them back up and if you notice on the the timeline feed or whatever on your podcast service whatever you use you'll see some episodes pop up that are just kind of random uh, like there was a Remington roar that popped up in, in between like, you know, Billy and Calvin, I think, or something. Um, and then like, you know, a few others. Um, if you look in the description, you'll see if it's a random episode that has popped up that we're not posting about at the time. It's because it's an older episode that's in our archives. And, you know, we just want you to hear them. Man. We, we've done some really cool stuff since me and you have started together. Uh, and so, you know, we thought about making people pay for it, and yada, yada, all that stuff. But you know, instead, we just decided to put it back up on our uh, on our feed. That's right. You got to hear the special people that we've had on the show. And tonight, we've got some very special guests back with us. These are two, two gentlemen that have been in the house with us many times before. But tonight, we're all here all at once, man. This is cool. We're getting ready for New Wave Pro this weekend. I didn't even think that it could get bigger than November rain. And we just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The anniversary show is this weekend. I'm going to be up in the house. I'm going to welcome tonight. We got, we have referee extraordinaire, Aaron Greider, and we have the head honcho of new wave pro Earl Joseph in the house, the Liverpool lip. What's up guys. What is up gentlemen and Sean. How is everybody doing? (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. <laughs> I love yeah. you, Sean. I love you. I love you. I love you so much. And I wish I had that kind of charisma. I could make everyone laugh walking into a room. Incredible. <laughs> All right. <laughs> exactly, man. Well, Earl, is the mustache growing back, man? Because that's that's your signature look. When you shaved it, that hurt. Kind of hurt me I'll a little you, bit. I tell you, it never it had never been a look of mine until I very first had it. I've always been very um Grow it out, get rid of it, grow it out, get rid of it. A sort of binge and purge mentality to <laughs> gotcha. facial hair. Gotcha. Um, and one time, I mean, when I shave, I do the thing that I, I'm pretty sure everyone else does where you, you know, you'll sculpt it a little as you're shaving it off and you'll you'll do like a little Charlie Chaplin moustache and go, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, I look as stupid as I thought I would with that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I yeah, I've spent a long time shaving it to the mustache and I looked in the mirror and go, Oh wow. I, I look like captain Beefheart here. And then, 
they're, they're just getting rid of it and going, oh, oh, I'll do it some other time. And then finally, I just thought, fuck it. I want to look 15 years older. Um, let's just let's just go with it. So, <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, as I was saying before, I mean, and Earl, you've said this on podcast before that you guys are just on this role in new wave pro i mean by that just on this role where the shows are they they just seemingly eclipse the last one you know but since we haven't talked to you since pre-november rain i wanted to hear your thoughts on that did it meet expectations for you earl uh, it genuinely exceeded them yeah and i don't just say that because i've been put to the sword november (laughs) rain was a real triumph of not just in terms of how to put on a wrestling show but also a triumph when you're discussing what team effort and an approach to trying to achieve longevity can bring you the moments that we had on that show of course the main moment the the climax of the entire show with with don't die miles winning the the new wave pro championship was uh, sublime, was something almost unreal when it happened. Sean was there, Aaron was there, of course I was there, and there was that moment, well, there were plenty of moments throughout the match, but as soon as Aaron hit the three counts and the crowd erupted, even though they had expended so much energy already, the crowd found even more volume and more, more ascendancy in their spirit and they just went absolutely nuts. The streamers came down, and we must have had about 30 minutes of a celebration ceremony. And there was a lot of emotion involved. And I think even people who may not know Miles that well personally, who, who know him through shows and sit in the same locker room as him, I don't think they could have denied that there was an emotion there as well. My wife was filming on Rome camp for mm-hmm. November Rain Bar, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of matches, I believe. And she told me that it was electric out there and that she almost wanted to put the camera down and just watch the match through her own eyes and, mm. and, and oh. get involved with the crowd. And I was watching it because I had to direct people to, you know, that whole scene at the end where people were coming out in increments and, you know, there was heels and faces coming out and trying to establish like what we'd already achieved creatively and through the stories and through the interpersonal relationships so i had to watch it through the tiniest crack at the bottom of the curtain on the ramp which is far Mm -hmm. from sufficient um i was watching it there with you most of the most of the men yeah you know you were it was you and and jay marston we were uh, were sort of perched there like like the see no evil hear no evil monkeys (laughs) and even there even through my tiny little porthole I, I could feel it and see it. And I, I felt proud of of everybody and, and myself, of course, but I felt proud of the team effort. And in a way, it's been a struggle creatively and financially. And 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 again, intrapersonally, dealing with people to get to the point that we got to. And we we reached that plinth. And then already after after that had happened i'm already thinking to myself on the drive home what what's next like how do we, how do we go up another how do we hit that next plateau mm-hmm. um in terms of other elements of the show 
uh, Dillinger Nate, of course, was was sublime. A real a real treat. Facts, yeah. Uh, Cole and uh, Cole and Sage. So I'm looking at the poster <laughs> to jog my memory. Uh, Cole and Sage uh, was was fantastic as well. One thing I was really proud of was we had um, Aaron Williams versus Ace Perry, which was a fantastic match, by the way, like a real understated classic. One thing I've always admired about people like Ace and Aaron is their ability to pace matches. And they are real masters of the craft. And I don't think anyone here in the chat can disagree with me. And anyone mm-hmm. listening would disagree with me. And then we did that whole angle where, where uh, sorry, Anakin hops the rail and causes a distraction and Aaron gets the roll up and, and Ace, Ace looks the fool because he's lost. And then we did that whole thing where they start fight Ace and Anakin later on in the show, maybe like an hour later, a brawling in the back and then they come all the way through the curtain, down the ramp, and then we have this immediate sort of unsanctioned match. I'm a big fan of letting things flow continuously in presentation of, of TV wrestling. And that that really, really hit the switch for me. I, I, I'd thought about that a full five or six weeks before the show. <laughs> uh, I wanted that yeah. to be a, a part of their feud. Um you know, in the middle part of the feud and and we got there and it looked fantastic. Um, I'm a big fan of that start in the back, come out through the curtain thing. I've done it two or three times. If you've been watching the new wave shows, you'll, you'll see it crop up mm-hmm. uh, twice or thrice. Um, so I, <laughs> I may need to, I may need to lay off it for the next six or seven shows. <laughs> uh, well, well, and also, uh, sorry, go uh, on, well, also too, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, some of the post-show, um, you know, reactions and stuff. There was actually a clip that it went viral, um, and of Miles. What was your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the post-show reaction. Um, if we're just uh, before I t- touch upon that clip, if we're talking about social media metrics and numbers, flew up. We put a post, um, a picture of Miles atop the shoulders of, of Freddie Hudson and Cameron Satin. With the with the with the big belt in the ring, and that done mm-hmm. that done great numbers for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, gained us a lot of followers and popularity, a lot of great feeling, a lot of people saying, "Oh, you know, congrats, congrats to Miles. You know, congrats to New Way Pro for pulling the trigger on Miles." People have been waiting for that moment a while. Which company is going to yeah. be the first to invest such a, a grand responsibility on this on this guy? You know, um, yeah. and then the clip that you referenced, Sean, was a. Um, a clip of a young child. Uh, it was it was filmed by the, the child's father, I believe, and the kid when when Solomon is is kicking the crap out of Miles. Miles is is reaching out, you know, looking for that looking for that support from the from the new wave fans. And this kid is is both distraught but also equally optimistic. And he's he's reaching his hands out and he's saying. You know, come on, Miles. He says, "Come on, Miles. You can do it. You're the best." Mm-hmm. And that that spoke to a lot of people. It, it went viral. Um, what really helped was Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful retweeting it, um, and he got a lot of eyes on that clip. It was it was posted by Miles' partner uh, originally, and then it, it kind of took off all the way from there. And it's a lot of the comments, the majority of the comments and the quote tweets all said, 
oh, I remember being like this. So, oh, this is this is who wrestling's really for. You know, this is the reaction that we should be getting. Blah blah blah. blah. And it speaks to people on a human level. It's not just you know smart ass fans who uh, who who are trying to like create memes or something. It's genuine hmm. human emotion. And from from a child as well who was self aware enough to to do that kind of thing. It's um, it was something really special. And I think it it indicated. Or I don't think it did. It did definitively indicate the power and the the. The factor of, of how memorable what we do is and what duty of care we have to our fans. They're not just paying customers. They're not just cattle with wallets. We owe them a service, and that is to to heighten and dampen their emotions as 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 uh, as it demands. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, after the match was over, I walked backstage, and Earl and I both had like this just like kind of proud look on our faces, and I said to Earl. I've never heard anything like that. You know, the, the reaction for that main event was just indescribable how much emotion. And that's what we all strive for in wrestling is that emotion. And mm. then the video, the video went viral afterwards. And it's, it's just, it was great to be a part of that. And it, it's one of those, one of those moments that you just can't duplicate and you can't properly describe to people who weren't there how much emotion was in that building? Right, that, it was just insane. Yeah, for a for a, a, an independent wrestling show in Terre Haute, um, and I, I would challenge the majority of of contemporary promotions to to offer me something where there has that there has been that much of a reaction to something they've done. Especially given that it isn't just the import, you know, we're not we're not putting Jeff Jarrett in the middle of the ring and getting a big pop for it. We are doing this organically, yeah. and we are doing it with Don't Die Miles and Solomon Tupu, who I class very much as new wave pro guys. This has been a process of building up our own roster, our own talents, and to achieve that sort of pinnacle of fan reaction and good favor. And complimentary press over our guys, homegrown guys, is is really, really fucking great, frankly. Very satisfying. And we've been like New Wave has really been building to that moment with Miles ever since I got there, which has been you know a year and a half almost, you know, because I got right. there in, in 2020, and it's just crazy that not not a lot of promotions have the patience to wait and build and build and build and build. And then finally, right. when the fans are starving for that moment, exactly, they, they pull the trigger. Most right. promotions are just, they rush into things and time things don't get time to breathe and time to build. But that's the one thing that I love about new wave in general. And a lot of these matches that we're going to see on Saturday have been building, not for, three weeks, not for a month, but two, three, four, four months, these matches, these feuds have been going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you talk about, I mean, we'll get to it, you know, but even like Eric Dillijan and Nate having another one, you know, yep. that been uh, uh, over a year. Well, has it been a year? Uh, the, the first meeting was only in September, actually. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, even before that, you know, the build up to that September one. So yeah, they, it, yeah. things between them have been building because they are two, you know, prime athletes. So mm. the nature of competition and the desire to succeed dictates that they will eventually meet. And the extra spice is that they are former friends and, and Nate dislikes how how Eric has been since he since he encompassed the the public enemy persona and began treating everybody like shit, basically. Um, right. Nate, Nate himself has had a moment of redemption. He mm-hmm. he has he lost the ultra rapid championship to Jay Marston, and I think he became humbled as a result. And now he knows he can use his supreme talents to uh, not only dispel those who maybe have bad intentions, but also to imbue a sense of knowledge and learning among others who want it. And um, you know. These are the two. Again, it comes down to what I was saying about Solomon and Miles, two new wave pro guys, Eric Dillinger and Nate Matthews. Again, two new wave pro guys really making a splash together and making our shows get to sellouts, sell tickets, get press, get people talking. It's fantastic. Yeah. Aaron, just a couple of things I want to hear from you, just your your general thoughts. I mean, you had spoken about how long you've been on the ride with new wave and you know what are your general thoughts on where new wave pro has come from and where you guys are going um my first show with new wave was in the uh i guess the the new wave arena Mm -hmm. um if you want to call it that in Terre haute um and one of the first matches i ref for new wave was miles and nate two out of three falls and it was a great freaking match, a great freaking match. And I'll never, I'll never forget. Cause that was my first time really having extended conversations with Earl. And I'll never forget the first, after the show, he walks back. He's like, I, and he lists off like four or five dates that he wants to book me for. And I'm like, I'm like overwhelmed at this point, because at that hmm. point there weren't a lot of companies, like companies were booking me, but there weren't a lot that were like wanting to book me four five, six <laughs> months in advance. Um, and like, I've already got dates for new wave through June of 2021. So 2022. Generally when I find someone insane enough to, to listen to my (laughs) ideas, I tend to try and keep them around. That's you. That's right. (laughs) And you know, they've, they've trusted me. Uh, Earl's trusted me with a lot of things. So I naturally gravitate towards that because I always, I always want, I want, I always want to contribute more. And to be able to not only contribute in front of the curtain with my refing, but to be able to contribute behind the curtain, both creatively and helping with things behind the scenes has been a real thrill and something I really like to do. So I get the best of both worlds at new wave. And as long as, as long as they keep having me back, I'm going to keep going back. Mm-hmm. Same here. <laughs> That's Except awesome. For Saturday. Except for Saturday show. Right. <laughs> Look, look. Sean's got a hot date with Shane Douglas on Saturday, but that's true. That is true. The franchise, (laughs) yeah, that is true. Yeah, I I will be in Terre Haute in spirit. So, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll put some spirit in that envelope next time. (laughs) (laughs) And a little extra love too. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I can't I can tell you from talking to Sean, it was it was a very difficult yep. decision for oh, yeah. Sean. He, he told he was me that struggling. too. Oh yeah, he was struggling. Yeah. He was struggling big time. He really. I, oh, I know. Look, I, I just haven't really spoken to Sean or seen him since since we had the the talk about it. I've just been desperate to rib him on it. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't mind. Okay, I, I, I'm not going to get into the whole entire story or anything, uh, or into the whole entire reasons or anything. But I will say, whenever I told Earl, I texted him <laughs> and I said. Uh, Hey brother, please call me as soon as you can. <laughs> yeah, and then, tell me, tell the people that you texted me at like one a.m. saying that it was yes. It, well, and to be fair, I knew that you uh, you were up, or, you know, sometimes late or that late anyway. Um, and so I was hoping maybe you might have been up. But regardless, I had texted you that, and then when you went to call me that morning, my phone was dead because it died in the middle of the night. <laughs> and then you texted me and was like. Hey, usually when somebody texts you something like that, <laughs> yeah. so can you yeah. please call me? <laughs> and I mean, I, Aaron, I told Sean, you, I told you, you know, uh, you know how nervous I can get about things either. sometimes. So when I've got when I've got Sean going, "Hey, brother, can you call me?" and it's one a.m., I'm like, "Oh God, who's being canceled? Is it me? Is it Sean?" <laughs> yeah, right. That's like getting a fucking text like that from Johnny Ace or something, right, Aaron? Have you heard? Uh, yeah. Every guy I hear. It's that they all have a story about how Johnny Ace. Hey, brother, we we got no more, nothing for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, anytime you hear like, (laughs) especially for my for my wrestling friends, if I hear a "We need to talk" or "Hey, brother, call me as soon as you can," I'm like, (laughs) okay, somebody either got canceled, somebody injured, or somebody died. What the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, and I was telling Earl, I I didn't want to you know, have to cancel over the phone. I mean, or over a text. And that's why I wanted to actually talk to him just because like Aaron said, it was such a difficult decision and I wanted to be a new wave so bad. Cause this card we're about to talk about is super stacked. Uh, and I love new wave. Like I love being part of the team. So, but you know, you're adding to your list of promotions that are home for you, Sean. So mm-hmm. they're going to start having conflicts, you know, eventually probably have a paradigm and an ICW conflict or a, you know, a new wave and paradigm or, you know, all, all these decisions you'll have to make in the future here. Right. Well, and it definitely, I will say as much as it sucks, it's definitely not a bad thing. <laughs> so <laughs> right, right. Right. I, I love that, that wrestling is, is starting to come back and busy again. And, you know, fans are coming out. It's great. Really great to see. And Earl, actually, I think, uh, didn't New Wave from the social media post that this show is actually almost sold out? Yeah, we are doing our best pre-sales or pre, pre-show pre sale or pre-sale, whatever. Um, certainly since I've been involved, there has been a great rush on tickets. We have a lot of interest in um, DMs and private messages. We've had pledges from people who will be coming we are. Um, we've got a couple of groups of ten still to come down and pay for general admission. So we're. I mean, we're easily going to hit triple figures attendance. Absolutely, no question about that. The only question in my mind is just what kind of triple figures. Incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Earl, I wanted to ask you too. I mean, because this you're you're moving out of the guard armory, which of course you know that that's the first place. The, you know, the venue that I fell in love with, with new wave pro. And now you're stepping to a new place, West 
is it Vigo? Is that how you pronounce that? West Vigo Community Center? Well, I've said both Vigo and Vigo. Vigo makes me think of the Vigo. Vigo. It is Vigo. Vigo is the name of the um, the the evil painting in Ghostbusters Two, isn't it? I, I, no, that's Vigo, right? I'm thinking of the Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown song. It says Vigo, something about Vigo, the master of evil. Yeah, Vigo. I think so. It is Vigo. Yeah. Yeah, Aaron would know. We should have. Yeah, I, I should have known. We got the Ghostbusters guru right here, in Aaron, <laughs> and I'm yeah, old I'm enough. Not... I was at the theater when the first one came out. Nice. Well, I'm also I'm a, I'm from the the Terre Haute area. My, I went to high school about forty minutes from there. So, yeah, it, it is West Vigo Community Center is where the the new venue is in in West Terre Haute. Cool. Okay, so Earl, what tell us, man? What are the what are the challenges? I guess of 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 shifting that way the venue. I mean, what what sort of challenges are you facing, or are there things that you're concerned with? How's it going so far, that switch? It's a, it's, a, it's a very good question, actually, Jeremy. One of the issues I have is even though West Terre Haute is not far from Terre Haute, they are actually different jurisdictions. They are they are separate entities. Oh, wow. West Terre Haute does not just denote a part of Terre Haute. They are, they are different things. Oh, okay. So you are dealing with a new populace. You are dealing with new residents. You're dealing with a different philosophy and framework and state of mind. My, not worry, but something I have considered is that we're going into anniversary and we have two big feud blow-offs. We have Dylan Janate 3, obviously, in an I Quit match. I mean, I know we'll get to the card, but... Um, and then we're doing Annika Murphy versus Ace Perry in a hardcore match. Two feud-enders for, for feuds that have spanned months now. Mm-hmm. And I, my vague concern, if you will is that a lot of the audience, they could be new, you know, they could be local residents because the venue, as Aaron will attest to, is very much in a pedestrianised residential area, unlike the Armoury, which was in the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, (laughs) There was no walk-ups in the Armoury unless you happen to be driving a tank, which really doesn't help me. Um, But the West West Vigo, sorry, not Vigo, Vigo Community Centre very much is among houses it's it's right deep in the middle of it and so i and i don't I, i'm not actually saying this out of concern for myself or my own my own um our guys will be able to convey the importance of what we're doing and um i think it will be enough for the fans to get onto. another issue is uh, just the general unfamiliarity i i haven't actually visited the venue yet i've seen the outside but i've got at a time when it is close to the public but I've seen plenty of pictures from the inside. I, I've done my research on, on the venue as best I can. Obviously, Michael Guest, the owner of New Wave Pro, is um, is clued up on the venue itself. Aaron Grider is, of course. So I, I know that the people around me have enough intel to provide a, a, a rounded enough picture. I think they're the two main concerns. I, I genuinely think that the positives outweigh any potential negatives, such as a, a new a new consumer base, the chance to establish a foot in a different territory and a chance to have a a fresh start. It's the first show of 2022, so why not do it in a new venue? If we'd have been pulled out of the armory um, and had to to do off-the-grid 
say, or mob rules at this new venue, just as we, as we were really starting to build up momentum back in the armory, then things may have faltered a bit more. But November Rain, to me, presented a natural end to a lot of different concepts within New Wave Pro, you know, philosophically and spiritually. And uh, I think anniversary is, is the best time to to start again in some respects. Yeah, that's, that's a really great way to put it and to think about it. I like that. Yeah, and one of the cool things is, um, and Earl and I have had this conversation, is, and he even kind of mentioned, touched on it, West Terre Haute is considered part of Terre Haute, but that community very much is away from Terre Haute. So mm-hmm. they don't, a lot of them don't venture into Terre Haute areas. So there's going to be, like he said, there's going to be a lot of people who probably have not been to new wave shows before. But another thing that will be working to new waves advantage is there hasn't been wrestling in West Terre Haute in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And if you are able to bring in a quality product like new wave has, and if you're able to get, that community, which I know Michael Guess and Earl and various others are, are getting in touch with the community in West Terre Haute. If you get that community behind you, they will support you 110% and really embrace you. There is very much a community atmosphere in West Terre Haute, and the location of that venue is right in the heart of everything. There's a park nearby. Um, so it very much will increase uh, walk-ups. I have a feeling walk-ups will increase a lot at this venue as opposed to where the armory is where Earl said, unless you're driving by in a tank, um, <laughs> you're probably not going to just walk up to the venue. Whereas... Unless, where- uh, unless DX are trying to invade. Right, right. Get right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whereas at this building, there's there, like I said, there's a park nearby, there's some restaurants and things nearby, a lot of things in walking distance. So it, there, the likelihood of people just walking by and be like, oh, what's going on in here? Why are all these people parked outside? What in the world? And walking up. The like, English guy sweating so much. What's going right, on? Exactly. <laughs> why, why, is, why is that ref's face really, really red? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell, tell you something I found out, actually, in, in while promoting this show, is that um, I had planned, uh, Michael and I went to uh, West T and we started um, putting posters up and talking to the people and we gave away some tickets to the uh, local police department, local fire department. You know, we're very concerned with trying to do community outreach and, and, and make people feel a part of what we do. We're not just a, a, a road show rolling through town designed to take money. We want, we want people there. Um, but my plan in the last week of the show uh, or the last week leading up to the show, sorry, was to go back, go back there to West Terre Haute and put flyers in people's mailboxes, right? You know, like a, a, a boots on the ground kind of promotional effort. Anyway, talking about this with the team at New Way Pro, and I, I discovered that it's actually a, a federal offense to put unstamped um, postage wow. in, in, in mailboxes in the United States. Wow. I never knew that. Really? Well, yeah, I never knew that. Now I know. It's true. It's true. In mailboxes specifically, you can put them through doors, 
or under mats or under rocks or under statues, but specifically in mailboxes, if you put an unstamped or unmetered piece of mail in a mailbox, you are committing a federal crime. Wow. Wow. That's insane. Okay. Well, nice yeah, to know so that. I, I just, I'm putting this out as a warning to other, other promoters who may be listening. Don't do it. Because I was on the verge of doing it until um, Prophet of Ash, our production guy, told me. And I thought he was ribbing me. I thought he was taking the piss. I was like, come on, man. Like, what's, what's wrong with me doing the flyers? What's your problem? And he, he sent me a, a screenshot of a Google search, and it's true. Hey, Earl, oh. can you do the podcast tonight? I'm in jail. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was, I was, I was, I was doing flyers, and, and I'm facing 15 years in Rikers Island. Oh, sorry, Jesus man. Christ! <laughs> no more New Wave Pro. Well, somebody else would be steering the ship anyway. Yeah, there'd be a lot of, um, you know, it'd be like raw underground, except from a prison yard. <laughs> I love it. Well, I mean, Earl, like I said earlier, you've outdone you and the team. At New Wave, have uh, done yourself with these matches for anniversary this weekend, and I mean, I one of the first ones I remember, and Aaron and I were geeking out about this on Messenger. It was the returning JTG, which I mean, when I when I saw because it had been a while, you know, and the last I saw of JTG was in the the goofy stereotypical gimmick there at wwe and he comes in looking like a million dollars at mob rules you know and it was one of those moments where you think i i need to see jtg i i wouldn't mind seeing him every single show from now on right and here he comes back who is he against lord crew man what a matchup what are your thoughts earl Oh, wow. Um, We are lucky to have access to some of the best talents in the United States through, you know, extensive networking and just not being dickheads to people. um, (laughs) Right. Which is a big ask for some people, but not for us. JTG loved his experience, his time with us at Mob Rules and against Eric Dillinger. And in fact, it was him that suggested coming back as soon as possible. He, He suggested it to Michael when going back to the airport the morning after, he, he wanted to come back. Awesome. And we had other things planned, but we, we always stuck it in our back pockets. And not long after Mob Rules, we said, well, why not do why not do the anniversary show and, and bring back JTG? And look, New Way Pro is at the point where now we can maybe say that, and, you know, again, who knows what else we've got planned down the line, but we can maybe say that JTG could be a, a regular, semi-regular part of, of New Wave Pro stories. Wow. Um, and this time, we wanted to give a, a different slant, a, a different opponent. And with Dillinger, it was very much a case of trying to establish a real up-and-comer. Right. So in this case, Crew is is it's more established. He he gets, you know, he's a tag team champion and unsanctioned pro with Aaron Williams. Mm-hmm. He's Start to make a name for himself in um, Paradigm. He is on Championship Wrestling from Atlanta, uh, David Marquez gimmick down there. Yeah, and I really think that... I was, I was going to say even the no-piece deathmatch stuff that he's been doing too. But yes, go ahead. that's right. So he's a very talent. Lord Crew is not just a big guy. And if you think that, then you've got brainworms. Lord Crew is a superb talent. And... 
like a few other guys, I, I could list a few who I think are going to have their year this year. And Krub is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm excited by the prospect of these two really built, powerful guys standing up to each other and, and going at it. There is not going to be, there's not going to be any nuance. And I don't mean that to be disparaging. I mean that in a, in a complimentary way. Crew and JTG will not leave anything on the table. They will upend the table and try and beat each other with it. Hmm. And, <laughs> you know, this is a real, I think, tonal shift for New Wave Pro. New Wave Pro has never uh, really been about power versus power. You know, this is very much a match you would see on WWE, two big guys going at it. Um, and I think it's an indication of the of the perspective we have and the variety that we are able to conjure up to present this in among smaller guys, lighter guys, different kind of match types. And I think it's a it's a it's a good window into both men's future. And crew and JTG, well, they are always more than welcome at New Wave Pro, and it's going to be a stepping stone for both of them. Yeah, well, and, and I and I think I'll, it's uh, and I've said um, this will be the hardest hitting match of the night. Hmm. Um, these two are going to kick the crap out of each other. Hmm. They're going to hit hard. They're going to hit off, hit often, and like you said, it's two big guys just going at it. Two very well built men. And it is going to be, like I said, it will it will be the hardest hitting match of the night, and it, it's going to be a, a joy to watch. And Jeremy, as he said, as Jeremy said earlier, him and I were geeking out over this match because <laughs> I've known Crew since I got in the business um, in twenty nine in twenty eighteen twenty nineteen um, because he is an NWF guy, and that's where I met him first. So I've known Crew for a long time, and it's great to see where he is now knowing where he was when I got in the business and where he is now hmm. uh, is great. And mm-hmm. as we all know, JTG has made a name for himself all over the world, all over the country. So th- this truly is going to be a hell of a match. Hmm. Well, I was going to say, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, the pictures. I'm sure Aaron, you probably have just because you're pretty close to to crew like I am. But because I I believe I've known him about just as long, maybe 2019 was when he popped up at IWA. uh, And he has gotten so much more jacked. Hmm. Have you, have you, have you guys seen the workout pictures he's been posting? Absolutely. He's He's almost just as jacked. I hate him when he posts his workout photos. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he's almost just as big as JTG. (laughs) <laughs> he looks great, man. He looks great. And he looks good. Yeah, he is really uh he's really gotten in great shape. I mean, he's never been in bad shape, but he is really like bulked up and toned up. And yeah. he look he looks like a fucking tank. Yeah. Like he really, he really does. Yeah. He's getting TV ready, man, because that I don't know. He's another. He's one of those guys on the short list of ones I would think that it's not going to be forever. Somebody's going to grab him. Well, you know? I, was, yeah. I was actually, I was actually there in Indianapolis when Crew was on AEW against mm-hmm. Andrade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was, you know, it was a dark squash match or whatever. But 
Like crew did not look out of place in that ring on TV. No, so, no. I bet not. I bet not. No, well, it, it, it was great to see him in that spot. And yeah. like you guys said, he is definitely TV ready. Um, it's not a matter of if it's when, because that's right. You can't really look at any of the TV shows now and point at a lot of guys that look like crew crew just looks different. Mm -hmm. He has Mm -hmm. a unique look and he's got, he looks like a legit badass. Yep. And there's not a lot of guys that you can look at and be like, you know what? I'm not going to fuck with him ever. I mean, the guy, the guy for real rides a Harley and he's a wrestler. Why would you even ever think about stepping up to him? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I've i always been taken by his look, even when, just like Sean was saying, you know, the first time I saw a crew was at the Memphis flea market. And I mean, I just took one look at him then. And he's a darn sight bigger now, but. He looked great to me then, and his look and lean guy, tall guy, you know, uh, muscular, yeah, badass. And uh, sky's the limit for him, no doubt. But, Earl, you mentioned Cincinnati's most wanted in unsanctioned. They are the tag team champions, and Lord Cruz's tag team championship partner is in a phenomenal match here. I mean, Aaron Williams against Sage Phillips. Wow. What about that one? These are, I mean, you can't get much hotter. It seems like everybody, this is a testament to what you're doing. I'm just thinking of it now as I'm mentioning these names, but everybody's red hot, you know, and that's, you, you guys have done that. You know, your booking and your storytelling have got these, this roster at this fucking crescendo. I mean, it's really wild. But what are your thoughts on this match, Earl? What I liked about when we announced Sage versus Aaron is you either get no reaction, you get a sort of, you know, hyperbole reaction where people go, oh, wow, it's so good. And then you get a reaction where people retweet it and share it and Mm -hmm. comment. And they they sort of, you imagine them nodding sagely, no pun intended. and going, yeah, okay, okay, let's let's see this, you know, this kind of understated, slow burning reaction. And the Sage versus Aaron match got got the third one where people look at the flyer, they consider the implications, they know where these guys have come from, what they're capable of, and they they sit back and they go, Great, can't wait to see that. It's mm-hmm. going to be good. It doesn't matter. I don't need to think about if there's going to be any weird stipulation or angle or any kind of bizarre outcome. I just know that whatever the weather, it's going to be a great match. Mm-hmm. And much like JTG and crew, it's a, a testament to, again, the, the, the potential or rather the reach we have in terms of, in terms of our roster. Sage and Aaron are on a fantastic, are on fantastic streaks, both of them. Aaron only came in at right here, right now in May 2021. And I, I dare say he really feels like part of the furniture already. Sure. And I think I think it's interesting personally that that we do have both unsanctioned pro tag team champions in the house. And you wonder if there's any potential for any kind of tomfoolery there. Hmm. But uh focusing on the match itself, it's it's a match that I don't think anyone would predict the winner and be comfortable in doing so. I don't think you could easily say, oh, Sage will win that. 
Arenal win that. Right. It's a match where you're going to be watching until the very last moment when the referee hits that three and you'll yep. go, oh, there we go. There's the finish. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, potential crossover. Uh, if I, I do remember Gary J getting involved in a uh, Cincinnati's most wanted match in Ohio. So, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, wrestling's all about this. And I swear to God, if I hear the phrase forbidden door one more time, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to slam the door. Um, <laughs> but no, that's, that's what wrestling's all about these days. Just, you know, this whole uh, metaverse, multiverse uh, timeline thing is, is so rich right now. It's, it really is the sort of uh, topic du jour and it's, it's bled into wrestling massively. People are finally understanding the potential of independent wrestling in terms basically we've got this uh, where we are re rediscovering the territory system with looser borders this time where you know uh 40 50 years ago the concept of maybe a guy going from ohio to indiana tag champions from one promotion going into indiana and and, and not interacting or interacting would have been kind of sacrilegious but now through various means that we can talk about at length um, but now we have the potential for it all to happen and to be captured in real time. Hmm. And, uh, and for, for hundreds, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to, to consume it at once. And the potential is limitless. And, you know, if you've got a promotion like New Wave Pro, where you've got Crew and Williams and Gary J and these people milling around at once, you can make anything happen. And yep. it's so exciting. Hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 And the cool thing now is you can play off of things that have happened at other promotions because of the way that IWTV has made it accessible right. to where, where everybody can watch all these different promotions and keep up with these guys. You know, back in the day, you never, you know, you could do have a guy babyface in one promotion and heal and the other promotion the next state over and nobody would ever know the difference. Right. But now everybody keeps tabs on these guys. So they know what these guys are doing at different promotions. Oh, Hey, at new wave, he's doing this and unsanctioned. He's doing this. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and it, so it makes, it makes the wrestling world a bit smaller, but on a broader spectrum, if that makes sense. So yeah. it makes it, it more accessible more accessible, but in a, to a wider range of people. Wrestling has succumbed to globalism. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah exactly. And one of, the, one of the crazy things about this match with Aaron and Sage, on most independent wrestling shows, if not all of them, this is probably your main event or your featured match. Sure. And, and not to say that it's not a featured match on this card, because it absolutely is. But it's it's crazy to think that a match of this caliber that would be a main event for most companies show, that shows you how deep the new wave roster is, and how great those the, you know how many great stories and different things that new wave has going, mm -hmm. and it's it's just a testament to what Earl and Michael and everybody at New Wave has built. Yeah. 
Aaron, I've already got people politicking to be in the main event of this show, and you've just made it even worse. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another question. It seems like for every single show of yours, what what's the main event? You know, because it feels like there's several, but again, not a bad problem to have. But we were talking about Lord Crew being on AEW and... I know that this match here has synergy there as well because Aaron was letting me know who was there, you know, in some of the some of the dark matches. And this one here, Charlie Cruel, who is there at AEW against Big Al, Alice Crowley, man. I, that that's a great matchup. Has, has Big Al been in New Wave Pro before? Yes. Um Alice um debuted and has currently and will have done until saturday had her only new wave pro appearance on and i can tell you the exact date because i care about this a lot august 8th 2020 okay uh higher ground episode two she ah. uh, went against hawley cromwell and um ah. and alice won that match so it goes back so long that um alice was still wearing um camo trousers mm-hmm. um so yeah, that's that's going away back for Alice. Uh, she's oh, she yeah. was already fantastic back then, of course. Uh, one of the best young talents I've ever seen. Sure. Um, sure. But even since then, we're talking eighteen months, and she has come on and leaps and bounds, and she's extremely exciting to watch in the ring and very hard hitting. Um, I was at the um, OVW broadcast last Thursday, and Alice went against uh, Ari Alexander and. Alice hit these German suplexes that would make Brock Lesnar blush. Good hmm. God. <laughs> they were they were they were brutal. They they were they were great. And Alice has been on a roll and she was also, you know, she did the OVW broadcast, she did the OVW Nightmare <laughs> Rumble where she was number 1 and lasted for a while. And of course, we all know Charlie has had been on a roll. You know, she was on AEW, she's been all over the place. Um her pop tarts gimmick. I mean, it's it's crazy how some of the dumbest things in wrestling get over. But every crowd that she brings out the pop tarts in front of, there automatically is a "We want pop tarts" chant every single time. And this is gonna be this is gonna be fun to watch. I, I know they've wrestled each other before, um, but as Earl would tell you, and I've heard him say this before, if it hasn't happened at New Wave, it's never happened. So this is a first time ever meeting. Hmm. That's right. That's right. We're, we're Vince McMahoning this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ignore them all. I think Earl. Earl, do you do you like Pop Tarts? Because <laughs> you had the Tart Foundation. You've got. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something. There. I've not actually. I've not actually eaten one before. Oh wow! <laughs> I just happen to know. Uh, I guess I just run in circles with people who fucking love Pop Tarts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they are they are considered like you know just very American back home. <laughs> yeah, was it American thing? It was no, one of the Von Englands. It was on. It was on your show. I, I it wasn't. Say, I can't remember which Von England, but I remember one of them said, "I can't remember to one of the Tart Foundation or something. Get your rubbish pastries out of my face or whatever." <laughs> but it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're right. We did have a uh, an entire tag team devoted to to the concept of uh, 
right. quote unquote rubbish rubbish pastries and then <laughs> right. Then we've got a uh, good old Charlie who is is currently, you know, um I I guess looking to be um Kellogg's spokesperson in the near future. <laughs> Although that's probably not the job she should be looking for right now. <laughs> Kellogg's isn't really uh asking in public opinion right now. <laughs> Wow. Well, and another place that uh, that Charlie, because we were talking about Big Al being at OVW, but uh, Charlie's also been doing her thing at OVW, and I've been seeing clips of, because like Aaron said, everywhere she goes, it doesn't matter if it's OVW or, um, you know, uh, just this past Sunday. Uh, was that Sunday, Aaron? What day was that, that we were for Friday at the arena? Yeah, um, that, uh, su- Sunday, she was there Sunday for, for Chad's show. You're right. Yeah, that's right. It was Sunday. Yeah. Um, and uh, same deal. You know, it get, it's, gets over literally everywhere. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Every No, you're right, Sean. Everywhere Charlie goes, she's a hit. And some people have, have it. Some people have that charisma where you can walk into a room or in this case, certainly uh, come through the curtain, get into the ring. And there is something about uh, them in particular. With Charlie, it's the loud colorful presentation and the also unpredictable nature of the character mm-hmm. where they can go from you know sweet and pretty and and nicey nice and then all of a sudden do something absolutely bizarre and psychotic and uh that's that's exciting for the viewer and the and the fan as well yeah and, and one thing a lot of people in wrestling in particular could probably take from charlie is she really kind of took off once she started worrying less about the moves and focusing more on her character. Mm-hmm. And once she embraced her character and started doing the pop tarts thing and the changing of the personalities and things like that, and really played up her character more is really when she started to get noticed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people in wrestling who could, who could take that advice. You know, it's, it's yeah. not about the moves. It's about the stories. It's about the characters and how those stories are told. And that's one of the great things about New Wave is they tell stories with great characters and great personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of that, I mean, this next match, there there are layers to this one. I mean, hardcore match, Ace Perry and Anakin Murphy, which you mentioned before, Earl, but I mean, you had, there was a point there where you had sort of banished Anakin suspended him and then and it felt like he was persona non grata at, at New Wave Pro and then I don't know if it was just me but I certainly felt that that tide may have turned a little bit you know when Ace kind of had that moment where I've had enough of this shit and he got the spike and you know and it sort of felt as if yo okay and then the heat kind of went on Ace like calm down Ace you know, so what do you think, man? What are these two going to do to each other? Because there's 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 feelings here. Yeah, I mean, the rivalry between Ace Perry and Annika Murphy is not black and white. It's shades of grey, and it right. always has been. Um, the pendulum has swung back, on, back and forth in regards to just who is playing what role. Anakin started this when going all the way back to July and mob rules and He'd made an open challenge, which Ace accepted. Ace was unfortunately injured and, and couldn't make that show, and Anakin took it very personally. And he set about trying to 
in his own words, destroy, you know, the, the, the beauty in New Wave Pro, destroy the, the flamboyance and the, and the good things and the, and the positivity. And, and to him, Ace Perry represented all of that. Of course, you know, he's, he's very good looking. He's very flamboyant. He is fantastic in the ring. He's got a lot of charisma. He's got a lot of things that people aspire to and, and would probably kill for. Mm-hmm. And to Anakin, that represents everything that he despises. And their rivalry has been top-notch, frankly. I think it is absolutely A1, double-plus good storytelling, mm. and always has been from the start. And this, is, this has been the definition of a slow-burning rivalry. I'm talking about this going all the way back. You know, Mob Rules was July 31st last year, but... You know, we're going back to the end of June when we actually established the open challenge. So we're talking about we're coming up certainly to, you know, six, seven, seven months overall. And in that time, they have had two encounters. One was at off the grid on September 25th. And then that actually sucked in someone like Dale Patrick's who came to Ace's rescue. Because Ace was tied, it was handcuffed to the ropes. Yep, that's right. And then we go to Higher Ground Ten, where we have Anakin versus Dale. There have been byproducts and and residual affairs and feelings as a result of this feud. It's not just two people, one versus one. It's it's one versus one versus the rest of the world. Hmm. They had that unplanned encounter at November Rain. And as you pointed out, Jeremy, I got to the point where Ace has the, the spike in his hand and he's about to disfigure Anakin. But I knowingly stepped into that because you can't have that happen on your show. You can't have people, uh, certainly not Ace. And I, I, I intervened more so to, to prevent him from, from hurting himself, from damaging his own reputation. And Ace's demand, his, his deal was that he won't do this if I give him a final match anniversary on January 22nd. And you've just got to do it at that point. And I don't think a, a normal quote unquote match will, will do justice. And so I think a hardcore match where anything goes, where weapons are involved and the potential for some pretty, (laughs) some pretty disastrous events are, are likely is is befitting of what has been a very very destructive rivalry. It's the definition of a blood feud, mm. I feel, um, because these these two will will not stop. And again, as I, as I pointed out with Sage and Aaron, as I pointed out with with Crew and JTG, either can win. And I think that with the with the addition of the hardcore match stipulation, it really throws the cat among the pigeons, and it's 50-50 all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Furthermore, I'm sorry. I was going to say. Furthermore, um, I I am very impressed with, always impressed with Ace Perry, but um, Anakin Murphy's growth in mm-hmm. these last few months since summer of 2021 has been fantastic to behold. He's an incredible talent, a really really self aware and intelligent young man, and I will always always vouch for him in terms of his his future wrestling career. Um, yeah, and I'm very, very pleased with what he's done, what he's become, and what he's going to do. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that about Anakin. His mind is always on wrestling. He's always thinking. Uh, he's super creative, um, and uh, you know, and just a madman. 
Um, so yeah, his growth and he's the, the way he's really come into his own has been great. Um, and you know, he's been, uh, learning a lot off of Ace Perry as much as these two hate each other, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, you're, you're right, Sean. I mean, Ace, um, sorry, Anakin has been pulling Ace's tricks out the bag. Um, no less the spike, which of course Ace sort of, you know, took from Jimmy Jacobs. So there is lineage, there's yeah. history we're, we're dealing with real independent wrestling history as well. It's not just it's not just a throwaway thing that we're doing. This this oh, all yeah. matters. And that's what really matters. For sure. Yeah, yeah. one of the interesting one of the interesting things for me in this match is most people will not see Ace Perry as a hardcore type wrestler. No. So it's gonna be interesting to see as we all know it's a hardcore match, so there's no rules. You know, we've seen glimpses of Ace kind of go to that darker side. But how dark is he willing to go? Because we know Anakin has no conscience that we've seen. He's going to do whatever it takes to disfigure, dismember, whatever, Ace Perry. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. Can Ace match that hatred, that intensity, that brutality? Um, th this match is a sleeper in a lot of ways where I don't think people are looking at it as, hey, this could be the best match of the night. But with the intensity between the two, the buildup to this match, this match has a ton of potential. Because as good as Ace is, as much as we put him over on this podcast, he still has a lot to prove. You know, to himself, to independent wrestling in general, he does. he's another one of those guys that doesn't quite get the recognition that he really, really deserves True. for how good he really, really is. And then Anakin obviously is also, he's up and coming. He's a young guy. So if he were able to get a win over an Ace Perry in a setting like this, on a show like this, that would really set his stock up to rise. Hmm. Yeah, well, and you know, you mentioned, Aaron, the, the potential brutality of this match. Um, I noticed on... Um, Anakin's social media that he had posted a picture and uh, tagged New Wave Pro in it, and it was a picture of a jar of tacks. Oh, wow. Uh, so. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Ace can match that brutality, though, because, I mean, Sean, who was it that he, did he, it was Dale, I think, right, that he, in the sand at ICW yeah. there. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I don't know if they used a whole lot of glass because we were in that sand. Um, right. But I, we used a lot of like doors and ladders, ladders and shit. Like yeah. That. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely um, dabbled in that realm when he's needed to. Um, you know, also, I mean, he was an IWA guy, still kind of is an IWA guy. Right. Um, and I'm sure he's probably had a hardcore match or four, you know, at IWA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. So, um, yeah, well, well, it's it's definitely going to be interesting to uh, just, you know, like like I was saying a minute ago, the potential brutality of this match is, uh, and the intensity is going to be off the charts. I would just like to say two very more brief things about the match. One is you uh, pointed out the, the jar of tax, Sean. I would say to people listening, um, and presumably Jeremy's going to put the show out before Saturday, I would 
I would really hope so. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, that the hardcore match is going to be presenting a new edge to New Wave Pro. That's that's one thing I will say. Secondly, Ace and Anakin have some very big things lined up in 2022 in New Wave Pro. Mm. Mm. So exciting, man. I always think I'm as pumped as I can get for the shows. And when I hear you, Earl, talk about the matches and, you know, it gets me even more excited what you guys are up to. Check this one out. For the new Wave Pro World Tag Team Titles, I didn't, that's not hyperbole. I'm not just saying that because it's the Tag Team chat. No, it really is a World Tag Team Championship and it's held by the Von Englands. Oh, they're they're one of my favorite teams out there. But man, shooters don't die. Freddie Hudson, Cameron Saturn. This is going to be one hell of a match for the belts, man. You know, Earl, talk about talk about that 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 fact there. That it, I mean, they they took those belts to England and made them the world new wave pro world tag team titles. That's a big chip, man. Yeah, I, I tell you, my heart was in my mouth because. Not only did we let them take these essentially brand new, a few months old belts all the way back home, um, <laughs> but we also let them defend them a couple of times. One yeah. in Nottingham for future wrestling. Uh, they were at Wrestle Island in Birkenhead, Merseyside, which is just over the river from where I come from. Wow. And um, they were in uh, Preston City Wrestling, PCW in, in Preston, which incidentally is the city I went to university in. So, um, but for them to come back, thankfully, thank fuck, with those belts <laughs> and uh, having defended them successfully with and thus making them world championships, there is, I, I know it's kind of a, a meme in indie wrestling for, you know, a company in like, you know, Truth or Consequences, New Mexico to have a mm-hmm. world championship, even though it never leaves the town. Right, right. And that's okay. That's wrestling. Doesn't really matter. But the the fact that we can legitimately and literally say that yep. the New Wave Pro Tag Team Championships are world because they've been successfully defended over an entire ocean uh, means a lot to everybody at the company. And huh. it's um, I'm looking forward in 2022 to a lot of other companies doing the same thing now that they've seen that it actually works i know i know they should right Aaron. i, 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 I cannot i cannot wait for some <laughs> companies to to find out that their their champion is going to canada or mexico and then have them defend it and then they can come back to <laughs> the world championship now exactly you should do that but aaron you're 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 a pwi uh guy like me you know back in the day that's that's certainly my understanding, right? And it's got to be yours as well. I mean, that's always been sort of the way that that works. I mean, you 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 legitimately have a world championship when it's been defended outside of the country. Absolutely. And for a wrestling nerd like me, <laughs> to be able to work for a company that has a world champion of any kind. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And like Earl said, you know, there's a lot of companies who it'll be hyperbole and they'll say these are world titles and they never leave the town. They never leave the state. Right. It's all, you know, the same three or four towns, whatever. Um, but yeah, the Von England's took them over to England, defended them 
uh, several times, and they are world tag team champions, and it's really cool. And it's also cool to see not just the Von Englands, but uh, Don't Die Miles and Gary J both have went on social media and said, anytime, any place, anywhere, we'll defend our our new wave titles. Miles wow. said he would defend the world title. Gary had said he would he would defend his title as well. Awesome. Anytime, any place. So that really tells you not only the pride that these guys have in New Wave to be able to to want it to want to take them to other companies and other places, hmm. but it also shows the confidence in themselves and also the fact that New Wave is gaining ground for companies to be like, yeah, let's bring this guy in and have him defend his New Wave Pro Championship. And we'll be able to put that under our belt and get a, and get a working relationship that way. So it's it's really really cool uh, to see things like that happen in wrestling. To where it's not as much as everybody is out for themselves. Whereas there are times where you can work with people, and it can be beneficial to everybody, and everybody can get something. Everybody can work together, and, it, and things like that are great for the fans. Because they could go to a, a random show and be like, oh, wait, the New Wave Pro world champion is here or whatever champion might be there from a different company. And they're going to defend their title in my promotion, you know, because like you and I, Jeremy, we grew up back in the 80s where the NWA champion would travel yep. to all these different promotions and they could be like, yeah, the NWA world champion is here defending mm -hmm. his world title. So. Mm -hmm. Stuff anytime things like that happen, it really causes me to geek out. Um, me too. Because I, I, I love that stuff. I really do. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and uh, shout out to the Von Englands and also Jeremy Prophet of Ash. Uh, because if you check it out on IWTV under the New Wave Pro tab, there is like a little short mini documentary, and then also, uh, I think two or three of the matches where they actually defended the belts. Um, is on this little documentary. Uh, and so that was really cool to be able to, you know, see bits and pieces of their journey, <clears throat> uh, get some of their thoughts and opinions. Um, you know, in one of the, in, in the first match, they actually almost lost the belts. So uh, that was pretty fun yeah, to watch. So I'm, I'm very aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but, what, what's that phone call like, Earl, if you... <laughs> You get that phone call from Sydney or you know, Earl, <laughs> we lost the belts. <laughs> My biggest concern would be how much how much of flights is it gonna cost to bring the new fucking champion? <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> true. That's my biggest concern. It's like, oh, you've lost it. Okay, well, you're you're out. But, you know, <laughs> right. You're fucking Virgin Atlantic. <laughs> Yeah, well, Aaron kind of got me on the Von England train because, you know, I, I remember when they were first, well, at least when they first appeared on my radar, and, and Aaron kind of said, yeah, you, you got to check out the Von Englands. I really, I really like them. And at this point now, I think they're, they're my favorite tag team, as well as just amazing people to talk to. Listeners, check out me and Sean in the Von Englands. They were, they were fantastic guests. You know, they were, and that was, that was before they were heading back to, to England, but, mm. you know, but, but what, 
Earl, what are your thoughts on them as champs? I mean, they they really have sort of, I don't know. It feels like they've they've entrenched themselves, and they did it rather quickly too. Yeah, they're another team who um, I I made a point about Aaron Williams saying that you know um, since Aaron came in, he seemed like part of the furniture, and Von England's technically or well literally debuted in in june june 4th in merham mm-hmm. and but since then they have um, really really picked up the pace and those two they are real professionals they work really hard yep. and i mean when i say work i mean work in the truest sense of the word in that they don't just perform well in ring but they sell themselves very well they big themselves up very well they work hard to get their names out there and their gimmicks out there and project an image that they should. And I think it's a testament to their abilities and their characters that they are entrusted with being the very first world champions mm-hmm. of a company that has big ambitions. Yep. There are not very many people that I would look in the eye and go, yes, yes, you can do this. Right. But when that when we came together with the concept of the Von Englands going back home and and taking taking the belts and defending them and and enriching them with this status, I we really didn't have to think twice because we know we can trust them and that they will do the job that they are supposed to do. They have again, like a lot of these guys we're talking about, and I'm not I'm not kissing anyone's ass. I'm not I'm not just doing it because I'm I'm being recorded. Um, I'm saying it because it's true, but the Von Englands separately and as a tag team have a fantastic future at New Wave Pro. There are plenty of possibilities for them, separate and apart, and they are going to be a big focus and a big fixture of what we do for 2022, 23. Honestly, there is years of potential with people like that, and it really helps that they're English as well, I've got to be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, and I want to say on the flip side, um, you know, you've got shooters don't die. Um, and I guess they're pulling the free bird, uh, with, with them and, and bringing in Cameron, but Cameron in his own right, and correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he a former new wave tag team champion himself? No, he isn't. Um, although in his former tag team, uh, they had appeared a couple of times. They were in the tag team gauntlet at mob rules. Okay. Um, which neither of you ref, so I can't pull you up on being factually incorrect. <laughs> uh, although I was desperate well, to as soon as you said it, but no, <laughs> I was thinking, uh, <laughs> did, did they, have, uh, a, did they no. have a title match at the fair show? Uh, no, because um, at that time the Tart Foundation were champions. No, I'm the saying they had a match you. against the Tart Foundation, so didn't they? I believe. Yes, in the gauntlet. Ah, okay. There it is. Yeah, okay. I do he remember that. Definitely, he definitely didn't ref that match, did you? <laughs> Not at all. Um, no. <laughs> hey, Sean, Sean was circling around it, Earl. Yeah, I, I, I was... You know, <laughs> he was close. My memory's terrible. <laughs> Leave me <now. laughs> we, we got there in the end. No, um, uh, Cameron isn't um, a former champion of any uh, well, stretch. Okay, he's 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 got he's got tag team experience. We'll put it that way. He has. <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, you should be a politician. Um, you are in wrestling, so you are one already. No, um, 
Cameron and Freddie are a, a very, very effective unit, as are the whole Shooters Don't Die family, I guess sure. you can call them at this point. Uh, sure. Um, and I think that one thing I will always propagate about what we're doing at Anniversary is that none of these matches are a surefire bet. You look at any one of these flyers and tell me that person's going to win and you can't do it. No. No, no I don't ab- think so. Absolutely not. And um, I love I love both of these teams because they both work like a tag team, especially the Von Englands. Like they work like an actual tag team together. It's big time. It's, it's it's not it's not just two singles people just trying to put moves together and things of that nature. It's they actually are working together in a as a cohesive unit. So mm-hmm. tag team wrestling when it is done correctly is one of the most beautiful things to watch. Amen. Sure. Uh, but a lot of people don't know how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but but these two teams do. And Sean and I just got to see uh, shooters worked in a six man uh, on Sunday in a match that I ref that was just a cluster of gigantic proportions. <laughs> um, but, but, but it was a blast. Um, I also hit a beautiful senton in that match. By the way. Um, textbook. Textbook. Textbook senton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you call it. Right. Exactly. What, hey, what, I would, what, I would, what textbooks are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> No, and there is there is a uh, there is a video of it on my social media cheap plug, um, on my Twitter and my Facebook. If you want to go see my beautiful senton, uh, feel free to do so. But yeah, no, the, these these two teams are great, and I'm really and Earl said like Earl said, there's big plans for the Von Englands. They they've got a bright future. They are a great team, and I'm really excited to see them get more and more opportunities. Facts. Yeah, actually, um, you know, speaking of, um, you know, we actually spent what was it pretty much the whole weekend. I definitely spent the whole weekend with Shooters Don't Die. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So loving to see them giving opportunities, um, doing their thing out here, um, you know, and all of them are, are getting better and better every time they get out there. So I yep. think personally, I feel that the regardless of what happened, what may happen on Saturday. I think that Von England's and Shooters is going to be a rivalry that sticks around for a while. Mm. I think that the Von England's are very combative and very aggressive and, and caustic and acerbic. Um, but Shooters mm-hmm. have that that ability to, to mix things up, the score of them. Yeah, um, well, I, I was going to say, I would love to see the Von England's against like Miles and Ron Bass. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, that they, they, they offer that kind of variety and um I mean I, I haven't discussed any potential free birding should should the shooters win the belts, but I guess I'm gonna have to start thinking about that. So <laughs> Wow. We're breaking stories here. And from another title match to or from the last title match to another one, we've got the Ultra Rapid Championship. Gorgeous Morgan Taylor, and he's against the champion Jay Marston. Whoa, I I love him, and it's a real. It was a victory, you know, that he came out of that one with with Mad Dog Connolly. I mean, not that I think 
he was the underdog there, but it seems you know, Mad Dog is so hot right now <laughs> that you know, and for for Marston to just take him right to the limit there and go toe to toe with him, you know, to me that was a real uh, a real proving moment for for Jay Marston, and now he's got Morgan Taylor who's hot right now as well. What do you think, Earl? Yeah, the uh, the Marston Connolly match was was excellent and was pretty much everything I had expected. Um, just a just a shame the, the fan shit on the finish, really. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> hmm. yeah. But the yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like the finish. I, it, was, it was ever thus. It was always going to garner that reaction, and I, I think that sure. it was kind of a WWE finish. Let's be honest. <laughs> sure, and, and you build something up, you promise something, and then you you give a you give an ending that makes people go, huh, right, yeah. Um, but it's whatever. Um, I feel that Morgan is uh, at a point where. As he says in in the hype video that we made, he is at a point where he wants to be taken seriously. Yeah, he came in. He had his debut at New Wave Pro on August um, August fourteenth in Gosport, Indiana, when we did one of our summer fair shows. And he came in, and I again, I don't mean to be disparaging. I, I never am really. He came in because we had a slot to fill due to a cancellation. And Morgan was there to pick up the baton and pick up the slack. And he did so with aplomb. He did very, very well. And from then, he's really grown into his role at New Wave Pro. He is on a also on a hot win streak. He has four in a row. Mm. And Marston is another guy who represents the up-and-coming elements of New Wave Pro. A guy who is still finding his feet while also being excellent in the ring. And I think that uh, this will be a, a match that will surprise people in terms of its pace and power. I think we'll, we will see sides of both more uh, Marston and Morgan that we didn't expect to see in this match. Then both will be Marston may be fighting very, very hard to keep his belt and justify the hype behind him. While Morgan will be fighting very hard to win the belt to justify the hype behind them. And it's almost like a mirror's image. And uh, again, as I've said, Miss Card, you can't predict who's going to win each match. No. And if, if Marston retains, who knows where he will go next, perhaps resume that rivalry with Connolly, which ended on such an open ending or Morgan, he can win the ultra rapid championship. And there are plenty of suitors, plenty of opponents who are going to be willing to take him on for sure and and mad dog Connolly might be one i mean we just sean and i were just in the house unsanctioned where morgan got a little taste of what the mad dog is all about so just this weekend so it's amazing that kind of speaks to what you guys were talking about before just the 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 synergy and earl i i think you called it the territory with looser looser boundaries you know, but this uh, sort of IWTV created universe of the indies, and uh, there's there's definite synergy. You know, there's synergy in almost every match I could think of. Degrees of separation to something else. Yeah, there's so. a there's a whole 
you know, Hugh Everett III's Many Worlds Theorem concept yeah. applied to wrestling, and we are seeing that right now. Who knows if Connolly is going to be in the house on January 22nd. True. Yeah. I, I sure as hell am not going to stop him if he wants to show up. <laughs> no. I, no. I'm, I'm, not get, I'm not getting in that man's way. He has a very large chain that I almost got hit with at the last <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah. All I will say is, boys, is that I'm aware that um, – Zero One had to cancel their weekend of shows in Illinois on the 22nd and 23rd. Oh, wow. And I, know, I know that Connolly is looking for a fight. Oof. Mm. That's interesting. Earl, we were talking to Aaron when we reviewed November Rain. We were talking about how Aaron put the, the track shoes on and was he was fucking like, oh, it's sprinting. <laughs> to get up the ramp there from Mad Dog, that chain, <laughs> that chain almost did catch him. You, you and about fifty uh, percent of the crowd is, is <laughs> a potential victim of Connolly's chain. He's he's like Bruiser Brody, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's what I love about him. The guy is unfettered and absolutely yeah. wild. Yeah. And as soon as he comes through that curtain, he's got his jaw out. He he stalks the the ramp and the ringside. He's got that chain, and he does not give a fuck. No. Someone, and it's been a long time since there's been that element of danger in pro wrestling. Where... Yeah, that's what I was. Gonna, that's what I was going to say. Is he brings that element of danger? Mm. Like he he really does. He brings that wild, uninhibited element of danger, and uh, it's it's great to see that. But it, when you're refing a Connolly match, a Mad Dog match, <laughs> it is terrifying. Oh, it's <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Listeners got to, well, I, I need to put this episode back up on the new feed, but I, I will do that. I will make it a priority because one of my favorite interviews Sean and I have done was with Mad Dog Connolly, and what he's just such an impressive, impressive person. And I, I got a chance to talk to him on Saturday, and I told him, you know, since we talked, man, you're, you're to say you're on fire is as cliche as it gets but i don't know any other way to put it i mean he's just been uh, what would you say sean is like a rocket's been strapped on him since then those are some of my favorite guys to work with are guys who you know i consider like really good friends in the back but then like once we go out in the ring um it's almost like we ad lib but i can't tell if they're like mad at me or not <laughs> you know what I mean? right uh, and and we just go, you know, and, and it's just fun. Uh, and then we go to the back and and laugh about, hey, remember how I had you back in the corner and you about pissed your pants? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, guy, well, and and I, to go ahead and throw some names, you know, guys like Hi, um, guys like Congo Kong, um, you know what I mean? Uh, guys like Mad Dog Connolly, um, Ludark, who I'm going to work with this weekend, um, Ludark Shaitan. Um, or, you know, even, um, I remember whenever I worked with Maria Manic and, uh, and she slapped the crap out of my mouth <laughs> and, uh, and then we got to the back and she was just like, yo, I was feeling it. I, I hope you aren't mad. And I was like, nah, it's cool. <laughs> we were working brother, you know? So, um, yeah, it, that's some of my favorite stuff. And, and Mad Dog Connolly is a blast to work with. 
Yeah, it's amazing to see where where he's going to go because I, you know, I feel like the, you know, we, we you said it earlier, Earl, about how twenty twenty two has there there are several names, you know, that this is this is likely to be their year, but Mad Dog's got to be one of them. It's amazing we're we're spending time on Mad Dog. He's not even officially on the card, but as you said, you never know. We might see him at some point. I um yeah, I'm confident he uh he's gonna show up being the wild one that he is. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, I know that Aaron and Sean are very familiar with ZDP and he's facing Solomon Tupu and I, I, I will say this and I, I messaged Miles before the match at November Rain and said, yeah, I'm torn because I love Don't Die Miles, but I'm I'm a Tupu guy, you know. I mean, he was I, I just I, I was very, very gutted to see him, you know, have that rain end, even though I wasn't I was happy for Miles and excited to see the new rain begin here. But and then I saw a promo recently with Tupu where he he said, Yeah, hey, I'm not going anywhere. Let's not let's not start writing the eulogy. I'm this is my house, and we're gonna start the reclamation journey right now. You know, and uh, so Tupu and ZDP, start with you, Earl. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you're right to point out Solomon's attitude. Um, unless a person, unless a man would have taken that championship defeat to Miles and gone home and licked their wounds and gone into hiding. Sure. And perhaps maybe even taken the ball and gone home. Mm-hmm. But the first response from Solomon, his first reaction is to stand up and say, okay, I lost the belt. It happens. Bear in mind, the guy held it for 385 days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, he beat all kinds of covers. Conan Lycan, Ace Perry. Lord Crew, he yep. beats everybody. Yep. And uh, Aaron Williams, of course, as well. Yep. But for him to turn around and say, okay, I've lost it, so what's next? Is a testament to the guy's character and his resolve and his strength. I think for ZDP to step up, the big mouth that he is, and Jeremy, you were right to point out that Aaron and Sean know know Zach very well, mm-hmm. and I've I've grown. I've, to know I've literally day one, so I, I've known them for quite a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. so so Sean can can testify to the fact that Zach allows his mouth to get away from him sometimes. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> um, but I also think that that ZDP is not stupid. Of course he isn't. He also realizes what a great opportunity this is to almost act like a vulture and pick on a man when he's down. Solomon may be coming up there with a front and saying, I've lost the belt, so what's next? Who's going to face me? ZDP sees a guy on the back foot. ZDP sees a guy who has a weakness and that has been exposed. Hmm. You look at that promo that ZDP cut and, and, and that we posted on our social media where him and, and dude Bannington are both saying, man, you dropped the ball there. You lost the belt to Miles, who, as good as he is, is a much smaller guy. 
ZDP and Mars are pretty much the same size to some extent. And so ZDP sees the fact that he can beat Solomon, claim a massive scalp, and make a big name for himself at New Wave Pro. Hmm. And ZDP, man, he uh, he has a way of cutting you down with words. And he can probably hit you with words sometimes harder than he can hit you with a punch to the face. And I don't think Solomon's faced a guy like ZDP before. And where people may see a mismatch, man, I completely disagree with you. I will mm. say that this is a, a, a match of physical strength versus verbal strength. Hmm. Yeah. And well, not only that, but there is the, the elements of dude Bannington. Maybe right. it'll turn into a two on one. Maybe there's going to yeah. be all kinds of weirdness going on. Right, exactly. You stole the words right about right out of my mouth. I was going to say, um, ZDP is definitely going to be trying to play the mental game, um, but then you also can't forget the uh, the dude Baddington factor. Um, and uh, and Zach is not afraid to pull the ref um, and uh, and let dude do his thing on the outside um, because uh, I've watched some shows back and uh, and it's happened to uh, very good refs. So. Mm-hmm. The, when I first saw that this match was made official, my first thought was ZDP is out of his damn mind. Um, <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, Zach, what the hell are you doing? What What is wrong with you? Uh, but then the more I thought about it, the more I realized what Earl was saying earlier. Zach sees this as a momentous opportunity. And it is. It is a big opportunity for him to get his name out there and to beat a guy who held the new wave pro title for 385 days and to really make a name for himself and be like, you know what? Yeah, I got a big mouth, but guess what? I back it. I can back it up and I'm going to do it against one of the very best in new wave. Mm-hmm. So it is a very intriguing matchup as, as Earl said, and, and Sean said as well, size against head games. The mental aspect can solve, you know, because we don't know where Solomon's mind truly is. Is he going to feel feel bad about himself? And is he putting up this front of huh. trying to act tough, but then questioning his abilities in the back of his mind? Or is he going to show up focused, more focused than ever and ready to show, hey, I'm not done yet. One loss isn't going to stop me. I'm going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've. I think I've sized up Solomon enough to know that. I think the new wave pro roster probably needs to watch out because I. I think that he just got a little slap in the face, and I, that's not exactly the bear that you want to poke. I don't think so. Yeah, it could be ugly. You know, it's kind of the same thing with my Buffalo Bills. I think that we kind of, you know. Uh, made our way through the season, a couple losses we shouldn't have t- taken, and it was just enough to wake us up, and now we're we're terrorizing people. And I think that's what you might see with Tupu. So who knows? But, I, but it, yeah, you said it. I mean, how, how is that for a fast track to the top of the New Wave Pro roster if CDP can beat Solomon <laughs> Tupu? I mean, he's New Wave Pro royalty. Right, could be a fast track to the bottom of the new wave pro roster. <laughs> <laughs> right, if it doesn't work out. So, yeah, yeah. And then, like, 
of all the guys that I would want to irritate or to motivate, Solomon Tupu is nowhere near the top of that list. Exactly. Um, so I, I, I feel like ZDP might be kicking a hornet's nest. Yep, me too. Uh, um, but we're going to find out for sure on Saturday. But all I can say to ZDP, because I know Zach very well, like Sean does, good luck, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, get- think, I think it sums up ZDP very well that his first pretty real foray into New Wave Pro is, as you say, Aaron, kicking that hornet's nest. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're going to make a splash in New Wave Pro, then you got to make a real splash. Yep. Yeah. Well, it, it goes back to Aaron's point, what he was saying a minute ago. Zach is always looking for an opportunity, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's an opportunist, um, whether it be in the ring or out of the ring. Um, here recently, he's even finally been getting out of the uh, Kentuckiana area that it, that he calls home um, and, uh, and, and doing things, you know, outside in other areas. So, um, you know, good to see him getting a chance, but – yeah, he, he may have bitten off a little bit more than he can chew. Uh, good luck, bud. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Aaron, I want you to start with this one because I I want to I want to get your opinion on this. I mean, I, I'm sure there have been rivalries and a series, you know, a match series that, you know, we could put on the list with Eric Dillinger and Nate Matthews, but Wow, man! I right now you put me on the spot. I can't think of any series right now, and this might be recency bias, but the one you know this this series of matches is just I don't even know how to use a word that's not non cliche, but it's it's just it's special and it's uh, it's one that eyes need to see. Right? What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? The, just the the lineage of these, you know, the Eric Dillinger and Nate Matthews. You know, what about it, this uh, series? It was it, for me personally. I think it was the best feud of 2021. Yeah. Um, because, and again, I'm biased. You know, but, but I, I I think it's really hard to argue against it when you mm-hmm. look at, if you're if you're looking objectively not only at the quality of matches because both matches were top notch. Yeah. But if you look from how the first match went into the second and how the intensity level has gone up in each match, the attitude has changed because the first match, yes, there was some personal animosity in it. And yes, it was intense, but that really got ratcheted up for the second match in the build of the second match where they started bringing each other's families oh, yeah. into it. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And they've, ra- and they've ratcheted it up even more for the third. And as someone who has been the third man in the ring for the first two matches, I can tell you they have beat the holy hell out of each other. They have held nothing back. They will hold nothing back. And just like the first two, it's going to be really, really, really hard for anybody to top the physicality, the emotion, and just the quality of this match. It's yeah. going to be real hard to top. Yep. And a lot of people would have trouble topping 
the first two matches because of how good they were. I think these two got lots left in the tank, lots of creative ideas. You put them in an I quit stipulation where they can get super creative. Uh, it's going to be, I, I can't wait for this. I, I, I am, I am giddy just thinking about it hmm. because it is just, it is one of those feuds that you watch and it is special. Not a lot of companies can create a feud like this where you look at the emotion, you look at the promos, you look at the build, you look at the matches themselves, and you can really look at it and be like, man, these guys really don't like each other. And, and a lot of it is because they have been friends for so long. And then like real life friends, that is, that is a shoot. That is not something that New Wave created. The, these guys have been real life friends. And mm -hmm. then when the attitude of Eric Dillinger changed, that's when their relationship started going sour. And I, and Sean and I have seen it in the locker room. You know, the, these two are not where they used to be in terms of their friendship. And it is, it has created a hell of a feud and it has been a treat for me to be involved with for me to watch, go back and watch the matches as a fan. Uh, just buckle your seatbelt, folks, because th this is special. It really is special. Yeah, a really great feud. Yeah, not a lot of matches that I've watched recently, I guess, and thought I have to watch that again right as soon as it finished, and especially the November rain, you know, just – I went back and watched that again a couple more times. I mean, because that match had so many special moments in there and odes to different things and whatnot. And now we throw in, and this is, again, Earl, this is, this is, how, this is a testament to everything that you're doing at New Wave Pro. And I love the way that you've kind of just, uh, you know, uh, sneered in the face of that, I mean, I guess everybody's prevailing sentiment now is that fan bases can't handle, you know, long storylines or long feuds, programs, you know, get right to it. Let's go. Let's get the, let's hit the punchline fast. And this one's just, it's not even a slow burn because it's burning. I mean, it's burning hot and it's been burning hot for a long time. So it might be a slow burn, but it's a, a slow boil might be a better way to put it. At this point, it's a matter of principle in terms of whether people are going to accept rivalries and storylines and feuds or not. Right. They're going to get it whether they like it or not. Right. Um, uh, Dillinger and, and Nate Matthews has, funnily enough, you use the phrase slow burn, and I, I, I don't mean to say this to correct you, um, but actually in, in the face of things it's actually been one of the the shortest burning feuds because we're only four months in and already yep. we are match three of yeah. what has been a fantastic fantastic rivalry Aaron Grider was right to say literally everything that he said about this program and about what it represents and I think that the I quit match on January 22nd at, at New Wave Pro's anniversary will be the middle ground but not in a bad way of their first match at september 25th and then their street fight on november 27th let me just remind the audience that are listening that i quit does not necessarily mean hardcore 
I quit does not necessarily mean that it has to be blood and guts and mm-hmm. everything else. Mm-hmm. I quit is the apex of a rivalry. I quit is the conclusion of something that goes deeper than just stepping into the ring. And then it becomes the ultimate contest and that these people, Eric Dillinger and Nate Matthews will do everything to wring every drop of sweat and blood and effort from their opponents. Let me just remind you, and this is a a bizarre trivia point, but in both of their encounters in September and November, they've never locked up. They've not actually locked up collar and elbow tie-up before. Now, that tells you that these two may have other plans in mind and that they want to go more pure and more organic in their style. Things have to change up. We've had the the crazy street fight in November, which really was something to behold, and both Sean and Aaron will attest to that. And I think that their I Quit match is going to be a real stretch of who they are as not just wrestlers, but as people as well. And whoever says, I quit into that microphone, just think how much they're going to have to go through just to get to that point. And another thing I want to clarify for, for the listeners is unlike the street fight at November rain, the I quit match does not have to end in the ring. The I quit can take place anywhere in the building. So they could be, it, it could get as, it could stay well, in the why, ring. The whole, why did you mention that? Because I didn't know that. Yes, yes. So I quit can take place anywhere in the building. Um, it does not have to end in the ring. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you remember going back to like, what was it? The Rock and somebody? Yes, Rock and Rock with, with, the, with the forklift, right? Yeah, exactly, well, yeah. Yep. Well, there's that. And then the Rock and Mankind at Rumble 99 when they did the I Quit with all the chair shots from Rock to Mankind. That took place in the aisle way. Um, yeah. so, so, yes, this can go anywhere in the building. So for those who are attending, um, as as you've heard at indie shows before, if the action looks like it's coming your way, that means it is. Grab your shit and move. Because <laughs> um, these yep. two do not care. And yeah. they they want to tear each other apart. Yeah, this, that was proven in the street fight, the last yes. fight. That they and and the crazy thing about this is, this is one of those matches they could stay in the ring and just beat the crap out of each other until one of them just can't stand and the other and says I quit, or they could battle all over the building and use weapons or whatever they can think of. So it's, it's hard telling what you're going to get in this match. Um, but again, I did want to clarify, it does not have to end in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've learned something today. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> no problem, no problem, buddy. And I and I was glad to hear you say um, that they're going to have to yell in the microphone um, because that is a very old school yeah. way of doing I quit match. Because there have been I quit matches where they have not had a microphone, where they just had to do like a tap or a verbal, and the ref would signal they said I quit. Yada yada. Mm-hmm. I love the extra little touch yeah of, me too. Of, ha- of having the mic i really whoever, whoever loses between eric dillinger and the nate matthews has to has to confess everything publicly and loudly that's this is what we've come to at this wow. point wow 
It's incredible, man. Incredible. Yeah, the feelings in there, I mean, that's just... But you're right. You were right to say, I mean, slow burn, not really, because it, it's it's burning, but, it you know, it's, it's almost like someone just... A match got struck, and then next thing you know, there was fucking kerosene poured on there, and, you know, so we're burning. You know, we're burning hot. And I can't wait for this one, because, like you said, there's a lot at stake here, and Eric... Eric just seems to, he loves to just keep poking the bear, man. And I think, you know, Nate is just boiling. But I saw, I think I saw on Twitter not long ago where he said something about Nate's father. And I mean, they, you know, he just, Eric has no, there's no boundaries. You know, he just, he'll go, he'll go at whatever to get, to get him more angry than he already is. Yeah. So. I, um, I can't sanction what Eric said. Right, um, right. And bringing Nate's, Nate's dad into it, I thought that was uh, <sighs> pretty tasteless. Um, but as you say, poking the bear. Yep. Um, I winced when I saw it, and I don't, I don't really wince or cringe a lot, but I did on this occasion, and I yeah. thought it was really, really unnecessary. Yeah. And uh, it's something that I know will, will. Knowing Nate as I do since since day one, it's something that will that will motivate him. But um, it may also prove to be a cross to bear if that's the kind of um, you know if that's the kind of weight he has to bear on his own shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, Eric seems to be pushing him. There's there's backing somebody into a corner, and then he's really just. He's if there's anything more, anything further than backing into the corner, he's done it to Nate. And uh, you know, you know what happens when you back up, back an animal or whatever into the corner. You know, they come out. Oftentimes, they come out with uh, teeth, teeth gritted, and you know, and swinging. So I, you know, I think that's what Eric's going to get. But Eric can back it up. So, eesh. That's that's two more from the archives that I have to get posted because Sean and I had great, great talks with both Nate and Eric and uh, fabulous, fabulous competitors, those two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, and fabulous guys to talk to as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I can't think of any better to be at the top of New Wave Pro. But I mean, I mean, Eric, Eric's a fucker, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. All talent, though. He's all talent. Like I say, he can. Talent, but he's, he's still a fucker. He's still yeah. A- yeah. I, I can see that, you know, because he's willing to, you know, he'll, he gets up in your grill, anybody, you know, and he's, he'll, he's ready to tell anybody, this is my house. Who the, who the fuck are you? This is my house. And, you know, he, he's like, some of the great athletes that we've had that will call you out and then can back up every single thing, you know, and, and Dillinger to me is like that. Yeah. So. I've, I've had a few uh, interactions with Eric in the ring and refing his matches. And sometimes they're not so much, they're not the most pleasant of conversations. Yeah. And um, we've talked through this podcast about guys who we think are going to have a big 2022 and, like like him or not, as far as his personality goes, I think we all can agree that 2022 could be is is going to be a very big year yep. for Eric Dillinger. Yep, 
Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I put my money on that one. If we were betting on that, I'd put my money on Eric in a, in a second. Believe me. But oh, yeah. speaking of, you know, the, the, the top of New Wave Pro, here we have it. The champ. Don't die, Miles. And here's one. I mean, this is one that I didn't see coming, you know, because I think you had put a graphic up, Earl, with Max the Impaler on there. Just Max, you know, on the graphic, not not an opponent at that point. So I never thought for a moment that it was going to be Max and Don't Die Miles. And then sure enough, what a match, you know. What, what do you think is going to happen in that one? I mean, Miles is great, but wow. I, I don't know if he's faced anyone like Max. I mean, shit, yeah. We might have a new champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miles and Max, I think, is a match that has been brewing for a long time. They've been circling each other on social media for a long while. And New Way Pro is, of course, very honoured to host this match for the very first time. This is what I would perhaps call, uh, within the Midwest independent wrestling scene, a, a dream match. Wow, yeah. Because I've, I've seen enough calls for it. I've seen enough calls for <coughs> Maxi Impaler versus Stone Dime Miles. And now the fact that we have the New Wave Pro Championship on the line adds so much more spice that you cannot even countenance it. And for Max to make their debut at New Wave Pro and look like a, a very, very serious challenge to Miles, who is, of course, making their first defense of the New Wave Pro Championship. Could, could I mean, potentially, could Miles drop it on the, on the first go? And if Max does win the New Wave Pro Championship, then it throws absolutely everything into disarray. This is, um, this is going to be something special. I would also consider the fact that Miles overcame Solomon Tupu to win the New Way Pro Championship. So Miles does, of course, have previous, when it comes to fighting, opponents bigger and uh, ultimately more powerful than, than they are. Mm-hmm. And it won't be the same match, of course. There are plenty of avenues to be explored. But Max has just come off a run from ROH. And at this point now is a certified TV star. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of expectation on whatever Max does. And making their debut at New Wave Pro will be will be something very, very special to us. Yeah, and you know, a couple of points, um, things that we we have that have been mentioned in the podcast before, and uh one of those is both of these both Max and Miles have wanted this match. And, you know, the New Wave Pro has made a habit, like Earl said, of trying to make things that people want happen and come together. And there, there, is, there is a lot of buzz. And Sean has also mentioned in past podcasts, you know, there's matches that you don't realize that you really want to see until they get announced. And then you're like, man, that's going to be, I really want to see that. And this is one of those for me where it's like, it's such a contrast of styles, personality, looks like they just, Max is definitely a TV, like Max 
a lot like Lord Crew, Max does not look like anybody else on television. Nope. And they are unique and they they are different and they are special. And I have mentioned it time and time again, and I'll keep saying it until everybody gets on board with it. Nobody in independent wrestling has the connection with the fans that Don't Die Miles has with the New Wave Pro audience. There there is nothing like it. And if if you weren't convinced from the video that went viral where he had the little kid, you know, we talked about earlier with the kid reaching out to him. I don't know what else it's going to take because the pop that he gets before his music even hits, when people know he's getting, when people know that Miles is getting ready to come out, they're already on their feet. When the video package was playing before November rain, Earl and Sean will attest to this. The fans were already chanting for miles during the video package. And so they have a special connection that you just can't, you can't teach the audience to do that. You can't make them have that reaction or that connection. It just happens. Mm-hmm. And it, it's special and it's unique and Jeremy, I'm really glad that you're going to be able to see it in person and feel the emotion of what it's like watching a Don't Die Miles match at New Wave specifically. Yeah. yeah um, I can't because wait. it's very much, and I've compared Gary J at Anarchy to Don't Die Miles at New Wave. It's very much the same type of bond and reaction. It is a hero like atmosphere for them. And it's, it's, fantastic to watch because every match feels like an attraction feels like must see and it's it's gonna this is gonna be great it's really gonna be great yeah i feel like they're always i I feel like new wave pro is like that every match you know i i was literally breathless after watching november rain the first time because i was so invested in every match you know, and I just, you're hanging on who's going to win. And so many had, had you guessing, I mean, Cole and Sage and, you know, they, they were just the, the intrigue of the matches and it's going to be there again this time. And I, I just cannot wait. I, I don't even know how to control myself knowing I'll, I'm going to be in the building. You know, I'm so glad this is going to happen and I've had the tickets for a while. So it's been, you know, been a few months now been waiting for this and here it is so wow really excited saturday night and that's the main thing we're overlooking is that regardless of who we book right where the draw is is that the main attraction is of course jeremy and the boys coming down from new jersey (laughs) right right man that's that's why everyone's here that's why i'm turning up i don't give a shit I think I think that the the I got your five stars podcast team <laughs> cough sorry Sean won't be there. <laughs> oh come on. see it's, uh, it's, it's fun. <laughs> I expected it it's okay <laughs> we're, we're gonna make it happen sometime though someday so, uh, it's gonna happen someday and one thing I'm really excited about um, I have not had a lot of my uh, my good friends able to make it to a lot of my shows 
And I have a friend coming from Chicago. I have a friend coming from Indianapolis. And then I believe one of my cousins uh, will also be in the house as well. So very excited to have people that I, that are in my circle, so to speak, um, that I've not seen. None of them I've seen for a very long time. Uh, upwards four or five years, I have not seen any of them. Um, I've kept in touch with them, obviously, via social media and things like that. But uh, so that's really cool. And be able to have, of course, I'll get to see Jeremy as well. And it's just, it's, it's really, it's really exciting. A lot of fun things. It's going to be a great night. Um, I unfortunately um, will not be reaching my 1000th on this night. Um, unfortunately, um, that will, that will be coming a little more in a little bit later in February. Um, that, but that was the only reason I booked you, so I could. I, 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 could, I know, I know, I know. Sorry, booty tail off this thousand match gimmick. What the fuck? I, I, I know, I know. I'm so, well. See, it's just I got on shows where I was with other good refs, so I only had to ref a couple of matches, and I thought I was gonna have more matches before this show, but unfortunately, that's uh, that's not gonna be the case. Um, you're gonna have to get me your 2000th match, aren't you? Okay, okay, okay. We'll have to book it out. We'll have to book it out. <laughs> yeah, um, long term, but not that long term. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. But no, it's it's still gonna be fun. Uh, still gonna be a great show. I'm really excited to be a part of it. Um, and it's gonna it's gonna be great. And like I said, I've got friends and family gonna be there. So it's it's super it's super exciting. It, it's a good time. <laughs> Aaron Grider the draw over here. <laughs> hey, yes. I equal I equal ratings for the podcast. Yep. So. That's right. yeah. yeah. Sure does. Okay. So who knows who's got the address right on top of your head? Earl, uh, do you know the street address where we need to turn up for the show on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, New Wave Pro Anniversary X, which is the Roman numeral for 10, obviously. West, Vi- West Vigo, shit, sorry, Community Center. That's 127 West Johnson Avenue, West Terre Haute, Indiana. Zip code is 47885. You can buy tickets at newwavepro.ticketspice.com slash NWP Anniversary X. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Twitter. YouTube and Facebook. Um, and yeah, that's where the show's going to be. Uh, I've already talked about how great our pre show sales are going to be. Mm-hmm. And you've already heard about how fantastic the card is. It's going to be one of the best events of the year. And it's already going to be late January. Yep. Independent wrestling is, is really, really set for a fantastic year. And I think that new wave pro is going to be one of the, Maybe not the forerunners or the frontrunners, but one of the underliers that provides inspiration for the trends that's going to happen in independent wrestling this year. So I would advise anyone listening to this to get involved and get on board straight away. Yeah, New Wave's got some some big stuff coming up. Um, You know, they they just announced, for those that follow them on social media, they announced in March and they're showing Paris, Illinois, that we're going to have Kylie Ray. So... Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a pretty big get, and yeah, those are, yeah. and that's just just the just the beginning. I promise you, it's going to be hmm. a great year. No, well, uh, uh, right. Sorry, go on, Sean. 
Well, I was going to say, to Aaron's point, like we had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, uh, every new wave show has been getting better and better. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, I definitely can see that. Yeah, the point I was going to make is that we have the uh, Illinois show on March 26th in Paris, Illinois. We're also back in West Terre Haute on Saturday, February 12th for the Strongest Yard. Um, furthermore, New Wave Pro is also effectively booked up all the way up until June. And that means that we have all of our plans laid out in terms of who we are going to promote, we're going to push, who's going to be our champions, and what's going to happen going forward. And so I would always recommend to people that enjoy story-based, exciting, dramatic, professional wrestling TV to please listen to us. Please follow our social media channels and our YouTube, and you will always, always be rewarded. Earl, it's 6.30. I was just looking. 6.30 bell time? Is that uh, is that that that'll be? Will you do your usual pre-show? Well, I can actually tell you uh, a vague exclusive. Actually, um, sweet. Yes, our our bell time. Oh, sorry, our door time is five thirty Eastern okay. Standard Time. Okay. Um, and our show, our main show, will begin at six thirty. But I can also tell you that we will have a pre-show match. Uh, which will be a triple threat between uh, Mitch Malik, Jack Kennedy, and Lobo Okami. Oh, sweet. Nice. Uh, Sean and Aaron are, of course, very familiar with all three guys. Mm -hmm. um, and these three are people who have been on the periphery of New Wave Pro and just really looking to make a name for themselves. Uh, Jacques, in particular, has worked a number of shows in 2021. Most notably, in November, he went against Sage Phillips, which I think was a big endorsement of his abilities. Lobo is someone we brought in for the first time in November. He did a pre-show match. And Mitch, uh, I'm a big fan of. He's a really nice guy, and he has worked security for our last four or five shows. And having worked with him at Grindhouse down in Jeffersonville. I can see that he's somebody who needs a big breakout moment. Um, Sean knows uh, Mitch quite well as, uh, yep. as well through Grindhouse. And like I say, he just needs that kind of spark. If he gets a win against Jack and Lobo, then the sky's the limit, I feel. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pr probably future guests of the show too, because Sean has Sean has definitely told me on a few occasions. You know, we got to get Mitch on, we got to get Lobo on. Well, so. and both of them, both of them are listeners too. Uh, they both tell me on a regular basis, you know, different uh, part to the episodes that they enjoyed. So if they're tuning in, listening, uh, shout out to both those guys. Definitely can't wait to have them on. Oh yeah, both both very smart guys as well, business wise and just. You know, personally. Oh yeah, yeah. They they um, can, uh, well, we'll find out when we talk to them. But they, you know, they haven't been training very long. But um, you know, as soon as they pretty much got the green light to be able to um, venture out of the area, that was the first thing they were doing was trying to get out of the area. They were actually trying to, um, you know, get to shows that I was going to out of town before they were even really contacting Paradigm and stuff. Um, and of course, now they're getting both guys are getting opportunities with Paradigm now, you know, unsanctioned pro they're getting opportunities at. Um, so 
yeah, really great to see um, both those guys um, doing their thing and, and, you know, just like you said, being smart about it and, and, and trying to get out there. That's really dope. Earl, I can't wait. And, of course, you know, we'll be back on this podcast after the show to talk about it. After probably after it drops on IWTV, which you guys are are good about getting things up there on a, in a quite quite the timely manner as well. But I just want to say from me and Sean, thank you to both of you for coming on. We great talk. I mean, we I think all four of us could chop it up for hours. <laughs> yeah, well, we've got about two and a half here, so um, Jesus. to anyone listening on all the platforms, I'm I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, well both you both of you guys are two of our favorite guests to bring on and you know aaron like we've mentioned before on the show aaron has kind of um taken over my role as our most regular guest um so uh when jeremy had pitched the idea of bringing the four of us on i was just like actually that'll be a lot of fun because i was kind of had the kind of had the same idea it was like jeremy was reading my mind is what i told him and uh so yeah, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate both you guys for your time. Yeah, it's really and it's really cool. One of the things that has kind of happened um, by accident is the past several New Wave shows have also been the same weekend as St. Louis Anarchy, and so I've been able to work two of my favorite promotions on back-to-back nights and I'll get to do that again this weekend. So to be able to do St. Louis Anarchy on Friday night, drive to uh, Vandalia, which is about 40 minutes from Terre Haute, stay at my parents' house, uh, spend some time with the family and then come to new wave and have an awesome time with new wave and then come go back home uh, is truly a great experience. And I'm very, very fortunate to be a part of both companies and I'm looking forward to this weekend. I've told Jeremy, I've told Sean told Earl, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. Super excited. I have not been as excited for a weekend like this in a long time uh, because I know both shows are going to be great. Both shows are going to deliver and it's going to be great. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, since we're talking about it um, and you know, you guys have, you know, rib me on it a few times throughout the episode. <laughs> uh, if you're not going to be in Terre Haute, um, you can tune in to IWTV. I will be streaming on their live uh, on January 22nd um, at ICW No Holds Barred. Uh, From Newark, <laughs> New Jersey. Yeah, it is also their anniversary show. Um, it's No Holds Barred 21. Um, and it's, man, it's going to be a crazy stat card. You got Ludark against Mickey. Um, that, like Earl had mentioned, Shane Douglas and Danny DeMonto, the boss. Um, and then the main is Reed Bentley against John Wayne Murdoch, which anytime they're in the ring together, they always, you know, go ham. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and like even matches like uh, Satu and Cass, those two are going to just beat the crap out of each other. Like, just so much good stuff on this card. Uh, Brandon Kirk and Colby Carino. That's going to be crazy. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check it out. If you're not in Terre Haute, um, which I, I mean, I, obviously, I highly recommend being there. If you're not, check out IWTV and I'll be on there. 
Yeah, yeah. I just want to mention a couple of quick things for Anarchy uh, on Friday. You've got uh, Gary J versus Billy Starks, which is going to be fantastic. Ooh. Um, you've got one called Manders against Thomas Shire. Ooh. And you've got uh, Aaron Williams against Davey Vega. Mm. And you've also got uh, Derek Neal against Camaro Jackson. Wow. Oh, nice. So great stuff coming from Anarchy. Of course, we've yeah. talked about everything great from New Wave. So, and then ICW's got their great show. So lots of good wrestling. Yep. No matter where you're at, go support independent wrestling. Yep. and have some fun stacked up I weekend think, uh, sorry i just want to jump in here and i i think it's worth pointing out that um myself talking about new wave grider talking about uh sla and sean there talking about icw but we have talked about three very distinct cards from three repeatable and well-known and hard-working companies. Right. And the talent crossover ultimately is minimal, which speaks very highly of the talent pool available in this country right now. Hmm. The fact that we can all have shows pretty much within 24 hours of each other with minimal crossover. I know for a fact that New Wave and St. Louis has only one talent doing both, and that's Aaron Williams. And we can all do great shows in great cities hours apart from each other and still present separate products. Good um, point, Earl. It's, it's really fucking awesome. Hmm. Good point. Yeah. It's a great time to be a pro wrestling fan, man. It really yeah. is. Hell yeah. Love talking about it with you guys. Thank you so much. And don't be strangers. You'll, you'll be back. We're going to drag you back on here real soon. So, you know, you won't be strangers to the listeners. I got your five stars. See y'all in Terre Haute this weekend. Take care, you guys. Have a good night. Yep, looking forward to it. Safe travels, everybody. And uh, Jeremy and Earl, I'll see you Saturday. And Sean, I'll see you when I see you. For sure. Yep, I'll be there in spirit. Fuck off, Sean. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, man. Good night, guys.